0: And welcome to Feeling Seen, the podcast that talks about the movies, shows, and characters that make us feel seen. If you have been paying attention to me at all over the past several months, you will understand how beside myself I am to be speaking with today's guest, Drum roll in your hearts and in your minds, Jasmine Savoy Brown who recently starred in Yellow Jackets and the new Scream movie. Uh, Shouts out to Mindy Meeks, new Scream canonically queer icon. Just a heads up, there are going to be some mild spoilers for both of those things. And a Scream is a whodunit and Yellow Jackets is a sprawling mystery. So spoilers are something you want to be mindful of uh, in today's conversation. So if you haven't watched them yet, go watch them then we will have as is custom one quick thing before i go because i have got a little something to say about the upcoming erotic thriller deep water but right now let's get on with the show i'm so excited you're here (laughs) i am very excited to be here thank you for having me if you uh like me are a charter member of the blood hive uh (laughs) We have a bit of royalty on the podcast today <laughs> as we have as we have a queen of the blood hive on hand. She's a singer, she's a songwriter. She's an actor. She's a podcaster. She is present in the room with me right now. She is Jasmine Savoy Brown. Hey! Is there anything else you want to shout out up top uh, before we get going? Is that a sufficient introduction?
1: I think that's more than a sufficient introduction. That very kind of you. Also, I'm not used to
0: hearing people call us, call it the blood hive. Is that what people say? (laughs) Is that the thing? That That has become the Twitter parlance... In okay. the, somebody could fight me on this. They could, they're welcome to try. Okay. I believe I am the premier stan oh. of Yellow Jackets. Oh, wow. From a sense of, I, I started hyping up the billboards around Los oh, Angeles. Oh, really? Before you even I, saw it? You yes, just were was down like, with the billboards. Okay. I was posting, I would like drive, I would drive by the billboard on Fairfax and 6th and be like, Yellow Jackets, billboard, everybody holler, coming up in two weeks. <laughs> so, wow, did the teaser just really sell you? yes okay the teaser really did the Karin really did the casting really did Yes. I am also um I am and this is for real real like perhaps America's foremost scholar on Jennifer's body so Karin Kusama is a okay you know I
1: only just saw that for the first time like three weeks ago I had never seen it
0: I hope you enjoyed it I loved it so much that's very nice to hear. I'm always very happy when people say that. <laughs> oh, I loved it. No, that's
1: why that's why I was actually a little nervous to do this podcast because I am not the best at pop culture. There's a lot of movies that I missed growing up. There's a lot of moments that I missed for various reasons, including Christianity. And so I'm catching up on all of it now in my adulthood. <laughs>
0: I did not grow up uh, walking in any kind of faith, but I, perhaps like you, did grow up in a very Christian surrounding environment in the state of Oregon. Wait, what? Where are you from in Oregon? I never meet Oregonians. Just south of Portland in a little town called Canby Can- in the Willamette Valley. Of course Valley. I know Canby. Wait, what? <laughs> I grew up in Springfield. You you grew up right across the five from my college, University of uh-huh. Oregon. So I, I was actually listening to your podcast, The Homo Schedule, and you mentioned, uh, Continued lifelong regret from stealing from a TJ Maxx and Eugene. (laughs) And you knew exactly Um, the TJ Maxx. I was was like, I've been to this TJ Maxx. (laughs) That is
1: so funny. And that whole area is like so different now. That little mall is like really big. Yeah, that is hilarious i never meet oregonians (laughs) so you agree that oregon water is the best water and that tillamook cheddar cheese (laughs) is the best cheddar cheese
0: tillamook cheddar cheese is the best cheddar cheese and tillamook ice cream as an extension is the best ice cream god
1: till don't even get me started that sounds so good i don't even eat dairy anymore but i want some right now (laughs) i think because of growing up in oregon i think that's why i can no longer practice Uh, process lactose because I'm not kidding like in elementary school you under quota I I would come home from school and I would have a grilled cheese sandwich and I'd have some yogurt and I'd have Mm -hmm. a glass of milk and I'd have some ice cream and that would be like my after school (laughs) snack no joke and so by the time high school hit my body was like "Mm,
0: you've had enough for 80 years on this earth my girl (laughs) like you're done with the dairy You're like, yeah, you're like, I I would like to eat dairy again, but I also recognize I have eaten the dairy in my life. I've eaten all of the dairy for you and me and my next
1: door neighbor before (laughs) age
0: 12. (laughs) No regrets. (laughs) Well, I'm so proud to be talking to a fellow Oregonian and I'm so proud that uh we can hit we can claim you in the Pacific Northwest. Oh, that means yes. a lot to me. Yes. Hardcore. <laughs> for the for the purposes of the podcast today. Yes. Um, what are what are some characters that you have brought to us to discuss where you felt you they really resonated with you?
1: Yeah, you know, thinking about this, I realized there's not. And again, I'm sure they exist. There's a lot of films I haven't seen, a lot of TV shows I haven't seen. That is not germane to our
0: conversation. What is germane (laughs) to your life is what is germane to the conversation. Thank you.
1: So... Yeah, there's there's a few where I've seen different pieces of myself and a few different characters. The first one that came to mind is Raven. That's so Raven. I think, well, okay, we all know now. And Raven is a whole conversation we aren't going to get into. Raven's Simone the person, but I'm just going to acknowledge right. that. There's a lot there, and that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is yes. her character on the Disney show. That's so Raven. Mm-hmm. Obviously, she's a black woman, mm-hmm. and I there's a lot of queer-coded elements
0: I was going to ask if you were picking up on the frequency as a child. Yes, yes, 100%. we do.
1: In her energy, but also even just in the fact that she was witch-like and that she was quite literally described as a master of disguise. Like if you Google Mm -hmm. That's So Raven now, they they describe her that way. And both of those things, witch-like powers... Um, disguising oneself and then also the beauty in her aliveness and vibrancy and the way she Mm -hmm. loved her friends and the way she made them laugh. All of that is very gay.
0: (laughs) All of those things. Canonically queer. Canonically queer. So, so gay.
1: And I definitely (laughs) picked up on that. And there's a reason she was always my favorite Disney character. And then, of course, now we know why she was queer and there's so much to talk about. But so Raven is one for Mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm.
0: When did Raven come into your life?
1: I think when it it was on, which was, what, like 2007-ish? So I was in... Yeah, I think mid-aughts, I think. Yeah, so I was in middle school, and I grew up in a very, very white environment, and had Mm -hmm. my best friend was another black woman, and... She was just so funny and actually reminded me a lot of Raven. There's this very specific episode that I remember where, what was her name? Oh, Liz Anya. Ha mm. ha ha. Lasagna. <laughs> and she went to her dad's restaurant and like posed as a, I think she went to her dad's restaurant. She went to a restaurant. It's something to do with her dad. And she was trying to like make him uh, better, more popular or something.
0: Uh, excuse me. Some of our customers are wondering if you'll sing something off your new CD. Oh.
1: We just got so dressed up, and it was so dramatic and so over-the-top. idea. Please sing something, please.
0: No, I'm not sure I can. No, 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 she cannot just sing cold. I mean, really. Uh, yeah, uh, 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 lasagna is always better uh, warmed up, brother. I'll consider hiring Victor back. It's showtime!
1: Just pranks. Pranks and hilarity and big laughter. Mm -hmm. And those were the things that my best friend and I, Danica, we would we would do. We would get all dressed up and prank people. And her dad literally owned a restaurant. And there was just like a lot of similarities (laughs) there. And I Mm -hmm. think that's also why I connected to her so much.
0: And now, like, you know, I I, you know, you mentioned the sort of like the composite structure that comes with, you know, you grew up in a very white environment the the composite structure that comes with having to sort of find yourself in fiction um, so prior to about 15 minutes ago <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that that applies to um, and that's one of that's that's the one of the biggest reasons I wanted to, to have this be the structure of the podcast that I wanted to do, which was talking about the sort of creative artistry and the work that so many people have to do in order to find themselves in fiction, because mm. there's so many people who who can and, and, and can take that for granted in a way. But, you know, in the way that we consider more of like the intersections of identity that it can exist, like race gender, sexuality, mental health, like position in the world, like there it's almost I like the expansiveness of the conversation and the kind of difficulty difficulty of pinning it down to one character because we've been allowed to explore so much nuance even in just the past 5 years mm-hmm. of what representation can even mean to each individual person. Yeah, that's such a
1: good point. It's it's exciting. It's really exciting to be alive now and for me to be participating in creating some of those characters that make people mm-hmm. feel seen is nuts. <laughs> yeah there's a lot like, there so I'll just say it's there's mess. a lot there <laughs> you know yeah.
0: knowing that knowing that you experienced a, uh, you know that's so right when you're young and that can like hold a special place in your heart for you how is the how is the journey going of that perhaps own rec- like is that are you in that journey are you like I'm gonna table that journey because that's like for another time and I have too much work to do right now to really focus on it because like mm-hmm. now like the, the people you create for people to see are, are entering that canon as well. Like the journey of me finding characters that reflect me. Or, or the one of you like reconciling that you are now a part of the creative it's, class of people connecting with people. Yeah, I way.
1: couldn't even like take in the question. So I think that answers the question. It's like okay. a little overwhelming. And yeah. it's it's very complex because to me, the characters that I'm playing aren't a big deal because they are just reflections of me. Like Mindy right. and Scream, I'm I just it's not that big of a deal. She's just a mm-hmm. a girl who happens to love horror, who happens mm-hmm. to be queer, who happens to look like me. But that is a big deal. And so right. those two things can exist at the same time. And it's, I don't know. I It's, yeah. it's, it's very, very humbling. I'm very honored. And I'm also really annoyed, you know, because it shouldn't be a big deal. And it kind of pisses mm-hmm. me off that it is. Um, so hopefully there continues to be more and more and more characters that myself and plenty of other people play where someone right. can look and and feel fully represented. Because I think that's part of the point that I'm making here is I have a couple other characters that I can talk to you about, but none of them are yeah. fully me. And I know yeah. for certain, because people have told me, that some of these characters that I have played recently People are like, that's me. Like, I'm mm-hmm. a I'm a queer black horror buff, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah. that's so cool that it's so specific that you feel represented. <laughs> wow. That's amazing.
0: Well, and and another another one of the characters that that you mentioned ahead of time was uh, I believe it's it's Storm Reed's character from a wrinkle in time. Is it yeah. Meg? Yeah. So truly,
1: just the first frame that I saw her in that movie, this little mixed-race girl mm-hmm. with her curly hair, with her mixed race family that i Mm. it it just ended me and then the little white boy who has a crush on her and compliments her hair yeah
0: you know you have great hair
1: what no i don't please don't say that okay that was a thing my whole life growing up uh again in an all-white environment being a little black girl There's a lot, a lot of racism, especially in the early 90s, early 2000s in Oregon. Not the best place to be looking like me. And the amount of times my hair was like the bane of my existence because all the Mm -hmm. white girls would get their hair complimented with their straight blonde hair,
0: whatever. She's going to tell everybody that you are here with me and I'm just trying to protect your reputation. So can you come here? She already saw us. Besides, there's nothing to be embarrassed about. You say that now, but you don't know what it's like having every move you make
1: mocked and ridiculed. All these white girls would be complimented, rightfully so, they're beautiful, but so was I. And Mm -hmm. my hair was never a positive topic of discussion. So Mm. to see this little girl who looked like me... Standing next to Oprah, who I love, and this little <laughs> white boy is like, your hair is so pretty. Oh, my God. I was bawling in the theater. And it's those small moments that mean so much.
0: Well, and I think it was uh, I was working at Vulture at the time when that movie came out. And, and I uh, one of our reporters at Vulture spoke specifically to Ava DuVernay about that in the movie mm. and this, the importance of like, the deliberateness of including that scene and that aspect of affirmation for Meg's character.
1: I'm so glad they did. I think that healed a lot of people <laughs> because it really healed something in me. The three of you are beautiful. Thank you. And so are you. And then the, the mixed-race family was also a piece that was really cool to see on screen because that movie came out, what, mm-hmm. like, four years ago? Something like that. Yeah, four or five years ago. And even four or five years ago, we weren't getting that much representation for interracial families. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it wasn't even that long ago. Wasn't it Cheerios? There was some commercial that had an interracial family <laughs> and everyone was up in arms over
0: it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, honey? Dad told me that Cheerios is your heart. Is that true? That there was like a moment about it, it was like, wow, <laughs> activist Cheerios, yeah. huh? It was like, <laughs> exactly. oh, fuck yourself. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like re- I am so happy for you. You have literally nothing else to be worried yeah, exactly. about. Th- this is the <laughs> baddest thing that's happened in your whole goddamn year. Yeah. Apparently, that's <laughs> yeah, so stupid. Wow, but
1: that speaks to even just where we were culturally, like, mm-hmm. and now it's getting a lot more common. And you know what? You'd be surprised. Like, I am a mixed race person. I am light skin. I have light skin privilege. A lot of times when I'm on screen, they still cast. To black people to play to play my parents, which is cool, mm-hmm. and it's really important to see the representation of a white parent and a black parent, and that is mm-hmm. only just starting to happen a bit more. Obviously, it happened in Scream, which is so sick, mm-hmm. Martha Meeks being our parents, <laughs> and it happened in Yellow Jackets, and that's a whole other conversation. About uh, Tanya and I, were really clear that we wanted our mother to be black and our dad to be white, which is similar to Mm -hmm. Meg's parents in A Wrinkle in Time. It's all Mm -hmm. just to say it's important and I hadn't seen very much of it. And it was really healing for me.
0: Now, you, uh, you know, you, you've, you've become like a positive Twitter main character a few times. That can be a bad thing. You've become a positive Twitter main character recently for like in press rounds going around for like Yellow Jackets, where you have talked about just like your advocacy in projects that you're involved with for things being done Right. Mm-hmm. And what I wondered about with that for you was, do you when, when you are, you know, that you, you find out that that um, Van, the wolf attack, none of us know it's going to happen. And you're like, what the fuck is yeah. this? And you, you take that moment to reach out to someone and be like, what's going on here? In that moment, are you like, all right, I'm summoning this up and I'm going to like, it's game day and I'm going to jump up and down a few times and I'm going to send this text or are you or is that just reflexive for you? Like, do you feel like you're at a mm. place where you're like, it's all or nothing. So I just fucking say it. Or is it like, nah, man, that was a scary thing to say.
1: Um, Both. I'd say 80 percent all or nothing, 20 percent scary. But the scary comes afterward, maybe because I'm an okay. Aries and I <laughs> act before I think a lot. But also I've been how old am I? Yeah. So I've been doing this for like 10 years. Mm -hmm. And I'm tired, (laughs) even though Mm -hmm. it's the beginning. I'm tired because I am a queer black woman and there's been a lot of bullshit. Um, And a lot of bullshit before me that I just feel in my spirit. And a lot of my friends have dealt with a lot of. So at this point, I know my worth. I know what Mm -hmm. I have to offer. And I know that I'll work again. And so I'd rather not participate in something that I think isn't right and so no i mm-hmm. read that script i was so mad i didn't send a text i called both of our showrunners and was like right, right. what this can't yeah. happen you guys like i'm sure you know this but this is literally a trope we're not gonna do this mm-hmm. bury our gaze thing like what are you doing and they were like no no no. don't worry about it she's not gonna die and i was <laughs> like uh, right sorry for yelling at you have a nice day <laughs>
0: <laughs> let's not forget this happened because I want you to remember it happened. But let's yeah, move yeah, yeah. forward as let's friends. Anyway, you want to go get drinks? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I feel like you know you're you're pretty high up on the call sheet. I would assume for Yellow Jackets, and you're you're not the only woman of color on the set. And I, you know, my hope is that it's the responsibility of of people with authority or people with status where it's like if I can I push this forward for the people around me? Can I right. protect the people around me to make... Because they can't they can't make this call that I can make necessarily. But that's, you know, that's a hot seat to be totally,
1: in. Totally, totally. I, I will say I wish that in general, more people with more privilege took more responsibility for those conversations. Yeah. Because I think I didn't necessarily have to be the one to make that call. Other people mm-hmm, could have mm-hmm. too. And maybe they did, mm-hmm. and I just don't know that. But just yeah. in general... It responsibility to speak up does always fall on the minority, and mm-hmm. that's annoying.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 complete bullshit. Yeah, so I encourage and, everyone um,
1: to also speak up in general.
0: <laughs> yes, please, please, everyone, please, please, everyone, um, speak up. You know. You know, and in the act of in the act of hearing that, in the act of my saying that, like that that has to be like an implicit promise for somebody in my end sitting in my chair as mm-hmm. a white little white girl, to be like, I've said that and now I have to fulfill and live up to that. Like I'm on the fucking record. It's not just a conversation in private. Right. It's like this is and you know, I should be held to account for that by people who heard me say it because it can't just, I mean, and talk about somebody bearing the brunt of responsibility constantly for everyone else, and that's black women. Mm-hmm. So Yeah,
1: yeah, it's true. And I appreciate you saying that. And I think me just saying all of this so candidly speaks to what I said before about like, I'm tired. I'm over it. Like, step yeah. up, people. And and I can say that I'm tired at in my mid to late 20s, but there are <laughs> people who have been doing this for way longer who are way more exhausted. And mm-hmm. this this industry is full of so many things, so much beauty and so much pain. And that's song lyrics. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go write a song now.
0: <laughs> well, I've been enjoying your recent, your most recent drop, Orange Line. Thank wine. you. Thank you. I've been in, it's a very, I will say, I hope it's not untoward to say it's a very sexy no, song. No, say it,
1: please. It's a very sexy <laughs> song.
0: Tell me about, tell me about the uh, music artist jasmine yes and the, uh, the the truth of music artist jasmine versus like the truth that can be conveyed through visual screen artist jasmine i feel like there has to be a difference in sort of those creative brains oh, and creative yeah. expressions
1: there's totally a difference i appreciate you saying that you liked the song thank you i'm i'm yes very much so. i'm proud of it i'm proud of the video too i made the video with one of my best friends violet bean she's an actress and a director now, and she's directing all my videos. In fact, we just shot a mm-hmm. new one this past weekend, which is Excellent. very exciting. Yeah, the the difference between music and the acting for me is the music, there's nowhere to hide. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. my words, it's my voice, it's my melody. Um, it's very, very revealing, and that is so freeing and also so scary, and I think that's why it took me so long to actually commit to doing it I Mm. I've been I've been a singer songwriter forever like in high school I would write songs and but I would really only sing them to like my closest friends it just always felt so precious and so private and scary and it's always been I'm not afraid of failing in acting I'm not afraid of Mm -hmm taking making a choice taking a risk in a scene and it falling flat and everyone's like well that didn't work I'm because I could be like well it was your writing <laughs> you know what I mean
0: or whatever <laughs> yeah, is it because of the team sport aspect yeah of that kind of?
1: yeah or I'm kind of joking but but like it's also just okay well I tried it, it didn't work let's try the next thing it's it's yeah. not all on me whereas mm-hmm. music I don't know if I let's say I'm doing a show and I try something in a new key and it sounds bad that was it and it's on record and I can't it's all on me um And it's just much more personal. If someone goes, yeah, I don't like that show you're in. I'm like, well, I don't care because I didn't write it or direct (laughs) it or edit it or produce it. So if someone's like, I don't like your song, I'm like, well,
0: why don't you like like, it? You're like, you hate me? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) What did I mean? so much more personal.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But it's been fun. It's been really fun. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited for this next
0: chapter and to see where it goes because it's all still very new. We're going to take a quick break to hear about some other shows on Maximum Fun, But, as you know, I'll be right back. Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. And we're the hosts of One Bad Mother, a podcast about parenting. Parenting is hard, and we have no advice. But we do see you doing it. Talk if you like to do it. (laughs) What was this? Didn't we have a bumper sticker a while back that was like, honk if you did it? That's what it was. I think it was honk if you're doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Why did we not ever make those? Those We did make
1: them. I (laughs) think they're still in the Max Fun store.
0: (laughs) Honk, honk.
1: You're doing (laughs) it. (laughs) Thanks, Biz. So are you.
0: Each week, we'll be here to remind you that you're doing a good job. You can find us on MaximumFun.org. Honk, honk. Toot, toot.
1: I listen to bullseye because jesse always has really good questions what did john malkovich wear when he was 20 <laughs>
0: i don't know how to describe it there's always that moment where jesse asks a question that the person he's interviewing has not thought of before i don't think anyone's ever said that to me or acknowledged that to me and that is so real bullseye interviews
1: with creators you love and creators you need to know from maximumfun.org and npr
0: Welcome back to Feeling Seen. I'm your host, Jordan Cruciola, and I am so delighted to be talking with Bloodhive Princess Jasmine Savoy Brown about all the ways we want to feel seen by the media. I mean, I'm a I'm a huge fan of Scream. I'm a huge fan of Yellow Jackets. You're in both. <laughs> <laughs> and that's very cool. And, you know, it feels like this is, I would assume it's been a very fast-moving time for oh, you. Oh, yeah. Would be my guess. Yeah. And... How are you dealing with that? Because, like, from what I've gathered from listening to the homo schedule is that you're a bit of a packed schedule kind of person, mm-hmm. like, not a lot of downtime. Now that you're sort of in, in your – at least in this sort of warp speed moment – is that like, all right, we're throwing ourselves into the chaos, or and like I'm in my natural environment of just go, go, go? Or is there like a forcing of it's like, okay, we need to like take a step back and like fork and I need to work on my music over here because this is moving so fast over here?
1: I love the question. It really is both. So often my responses to things are both. Which is yeah. <laughs> it can be annoying, but it's true. I I love the fast-paced go-go-go. I've got press. I've got mm-hmm. this here, I've got this fitting today, I've got this meeting, I've got da-da-da-da. And Mm -hmm. I'm trying to learn how to balance that with knowing when to say no, because at the same time, now a bunch of people suddenly want to hang out with me, which is cool, Mm -hmm. but also I'm like, Mm -hmm. "Mm, why? And yeah, yeah. um, I typically am uh, someone who says yes, and deals with a lot of Mm -hmm. guilt in general in life. Maybe that's the Christian upbringing.
0: I can't imagine it's dissociated from <laughs>
1: yeah, it. has nothing to do with that. No, I'm sure it does. <laughs> um, and so I'm really working on learning just my boundaries and that it's okay to say no, because a no is a yes. A no to that coffee I'm not really interested in going to anyway mm-hmm. is a yes to either me spending time with a friend I want to spend time with or watching a TV show I want to watch or napping mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, so, yeah, it's... It's both. And it's just a, it's it's a good learning time for me of figuring all of that mm-hmm, out. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, I think I want to I want to transition from uh, pressures of Christian upbringing <laughs> to another movie that you mentioned yes. uh, that in that I um, I only recently watched for the first time, actually, and was happy to revisit again. Plan B hmm. Now what now who who within and what about plan B? This movie is so much fun. Oh, my God. What about this movie and which character within it really spoke to you?
1: Well, OK, this movie as a whole, because it centers on two best friends who are both women of color living in a all white environment like that is the <laughs> core. Of, there's so much more. But that is the second this movie began just like with A Wrinkle in Time. The second I saw these girls on screen, I started bawling because I uh-huh. haven't seen this. And then specifically Lupe, because she's closeted and ends up mm-hmm. coming out to our best friend later in the movie. And this was another this is another moment I'm going to talk about Danica, my best friend from growing up because she's very much sunny and I'm very much Lupe. And <laughs> just like these two best friends who get up to shit and have fun and are there for each other. And are women of color surrounded by all these white people who are doing their best. Mm-hmm. And then you add to that, that it is one of those raunchy coming of age films where we see everything yes! like we see a penis and they s- basically steal the car and they sneak to the <coughs> party and Sonny likes the boy and has sex and all oh, it goes wrong. And, and their best friend has to be there for her. All of it. We've just seen so many times, mostly with white boys Mm-hmm. And then if not, white boys with white girls. And then mm-hmm. there's not even usually anything gay in there. So mm-hmm. it just <laughs> yeah. seeing this 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 specific type of film that I love, but seeing it made for me mm-hmm. and in a sense about me and by someone I just love. I love Natalie Morales and she's mm-hmm. a friend of mine, so that adds to it. She as directed well. the hell out of it. She that directed movie. the hell out of it. And she talks about it on my podcast, which is pretty cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just this movie also it healed, it healed the part of me that wanted to see myself on screen in these roles, and it made me mm-hmm. laugh, and I just love it so much. hmm You talk about her a lot. Are you and Sonny, like, more than friends? Oh, no. Oh, God. Um,
0: <laughs> oh, she, she's my best friend, ah. and I would probably kill for her, <laughs> literally do anything for her. Mm. Seriously, it's gotten weird. Um, but no, only well, a thing you um, you know a very uh, a, a very delightful thing about the homo schedule is the emphasis uh, that you you make it the the mission statement sort of right at the beginning of like this is going to be about queer joy, mm-hmm. like this isn't this isn't going you know we we can watch um, more painful things involving queer people we can experience many of those things and those stories and those origin stories and those coming outs and this is going to be about as you say celebrating the wins and. I, I I identify as a, a pan romantic gray asexual person. Love it. And uh, so for me, uh, f- friendships are my love stories. Yeah. And in watching um, Plan B, it, it was so joyful to experience that like we're only really, really starting to honor the friendship yes. love stories. Yes. in In film. <laughs> and I think there is something so extremely queer. About friendship, love stories from just like in their DNA, because heteronormative structures tell us that like there's just friends, and then there are significant. I others. hate
1: that. I've been talking about that lately. There's so much more in the
0: middle. Let's explore the binary. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. And the the kind of intimacy that comes from that comes from the friendship of like a sunny and a, yes. a lupé. It is not. It is not a replacement for. A, a sexual partnership it is it is not paramount to it is tantamount yeah. to and it simply occupies a different space yeah. that is equally as important and i wanted to hear from you about sort of the joy of that kind of queerness perhaps mm. and like the, the queering of the space of relationships and being able to see non-normative love stories i on love screen. that
1: you brought this up because this is something i've been talking about a lot lately and exploring even just mm. in my life i specifically brought up to a friend what you just said how there's level one which is your friend Mm -hmm. who you're totally platonic with there are no feelings no attraction Mm -hmm. we don't even know what sex is and then there's (laughs) the person that you're dating and by the way you're dating them because you're looking for marriage and it's like a relationship headed toward marriage if one is one and 10 is 10 what are all the numbers in between there's so much to explore (laughs) and Mm -hmm. in my life i am i've been talking about this a lot but i'm reading ethical slut and i'm like exploring Mm -hmm. that world and looking at poly, looking at open, and also just being much more conscious and, and comfortable with the fact that a lot of my friendships are romantic and we're talking about mm-hmm. it more. Now, there's romantic friendships like I have with my best friend in the world who's straight. Jess, we are never intimate with each other sexually, but our relationship mm-hmm. is romantic because we are in love. And we say that. And I every time we get off the phone, I'm like, I'm in love with you, you're the love of my life. She goes, I'm in love with you, you're the love of my life. She's the person I tell everything to. I want this, to go I on long walks with, that with her so at night.
0: strongly, <laughs> it's,
1: and our relationship is romantic. Mm-hmm. And but that doesn't mean we're having sex. But then Ooh. I have friendships that are, it's it. I would call them a platonic friendship, but we happen to have sex sometimes, and that's fine because that's right. what works for us. Yeah, and exploring the in between of all of these. Uh, systems, not just systems, but yeah, it it all comes from the patriarchy, from white supremacy, from Mm -hmm. heteronormativity. Did I say that right? Yes. Yes. Looking outside of that is so exciting and so freeing because Mm -hmm. there's just so many other ways to live. And answering your question about that on screen, I think Jackie and Shauna even... In yellow jackets, is I have a-
0: written about that
1: specifically. Yes, <laughs> it's such a cool example because so many people are like they're gay, they're gay, they're gay, and are mad that they're that they're not. But I actually <laughs> think it's really cool that they're not because mm-hmm. that friendship does exist. I actually do not think that either of them are in love with the other. I genuinely don't, and I mm-hmm. and I know that the actresses who play them agree.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: They both are straight. They both they're they've never been interested in each other. That doesn't mean their friendship isn't romantic. <laughs> yeah. I just need my best friend right now. Come here. That's just female friendships. They're complicated and beautiful. And I think being comfortable with that and embracing that opens up your world to so many other possibilities. It's really cool that I'm not out, like, looking for a relationship now. I'm just Mm -hmm. present. Seeing what happens with each person and going from there. And that's pretty cool.
0: Jackie is my favorite character in Yellow Jackets. I love a high-maintenance hot girl. That's just, <laughs> that, that fits great for me. I'm high output. High-maintenance hot girls are high input. And yeah. so it's very complimentary. <laughs> this is a symbiosis. But then I, I really realized what was so deeply seated in, in my love of the character, which was that it, she's a Jennifer Check. And um, mm-hmm. you, you had said you had recently seen Jennifer's body, and there the parallels between the Jennifer needy, uh, Jackie shauna friendship. I was like, yeah. oh, that's what this is doing inside me right now. Interesting. Well, it just it's because there's 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 heteronormativity, and then there's that then there's that nasty little shadow of homonormativity too. That's, totally. That says like this is what. This is what queer community means and this is who's invited in yes. and the lack of intersectionality with even even within the the beautiful array of the homo landscape.
1: Fully. Fully. Yeah.
0: There's so much <laughs> yeah. there. I'm like Yeah. How do you like, just like diving? looking at you yeah, thoughtfully
1: yeah. <laughs> I'm like and well, yes, and. Like I was talking to a friend about the, I mean this is similar but different to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I was in a long-term relationship, queer. That was trying so hard to be straight. Yeah. Where like one of us was the girl, me. The other one was the boy. Mm -hmm. Like these are our roles. And then I think part of what like blew up that relationship among many things was I didn't want to be in that role. Even in the sense Mm -hmm. of like who makes more money? Who is out um, in the world doing more? Who makes the decisions? Mm -hmm. And that like threw off the weird balance. But isn't the whole point of being queer and being gay to like (laughs) not subscribe to these things that have been shoved down our throats. Yeah. But I think a lot of queer people, I don't know, maybe that was just internalized homophobia on my part of Mm -hmm. like okay, well, if I'm going to be gay, it needs to look as straight as it possibly can. When it's right. like, babe, it's not going to look straight because it's literally <laughs> gay, <laughs> you know?
0: Babe, come on. Well, like, what and, are you doing? And do you, you know, in in especially in like advocating for yourself and perhaps like collaborating, I hope with with people who are, you know, perhaps the screenwriters, showrunners, directors of, of things that you're making where you can come to the table and be like, listen, you're white, so mm-hmm. you might not know this, but here's like, do you feel like you have the space to advocate for all the aspects of your intersectionality like as a as a black woman as a queer woman as a Mm -hmm. as a woman or do you feel like you have to do you feel like you're in a position where you're still having to favor one over the other to like sort of get the space you need to be Mm. heard
1: i love that question i think it depends on who i'm talking to right and i'm i'm aware of that at this point usually Yeah, usually it's all about actually almost always it's about being a black woman and the queerness is almost never an aspect, Hmm. which is also partly why I wanted to do the podcast, The Homo Hmm. Schedule, because I am queer, too. Hmm. And like, I want that to be as much a part of my identity as everything else. I'm Um, very excited
0: about that for that of you of that. Thank you. (laughs) It it feels really
1: good. And, And usually on set queerness for me has never hasn't been uh an issue like the Hmm. thing that's always happening is problems with hair and makeup that's right forever a thing forever surprising but also not um so the conversations usually have to do with getting someone who can do my hair getting Mm -hmm. someone who respects how i want my makeup done xyz and when it comes to the queerness piece like in scream Mm -hmm. um They they just did such a beautiful job creating this character, and I brought myself fully to her and was able to provide some feedback just about, Mm -hmm. like, making scenes better. But there was never, I never felt there was an erasure. They just, they did a really beautiful job. They wrote her well, and I just helped make her better. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. that is really cool.
0: Well, now, okay, so there's there's two more things I want to ask you. And the first one is because you have, not that you're like a big genre person. I'm not going to put that <laughs> on you. That's my area of specialization, like horror, particularly where it intersects with queer history. Um, but as you have appeared now in a few genre favorite things, the... I am so curious to know your thoughts on the aspect of queer villains. Mm. Because there's this whole terrible stigmatized history, of course, that, you know, we see everywhere, but very acutely in genre of like the queer coded villain being being the villain, being the monster because of sort of this implicit bias. Yeah. And like the wave of like the bisexual female killers and the right. erotic thrillers of the 90s. And but at the same like those things, stigma, bad. Coding as monstrous, bad. Also, though, villains, fun and awesome. Right. As somebody who is very embodied and is sort of walking through these, like, what does this mean to me? You're you're playing these characters, you're involved in, in constructing them, where do you stand on on a queer villain? Or do you have any stance at all? But I just I mm. you're a very thoughtful individual. I wondered if you might have a consideration. I
1: appreciate on this. that. Thank you. Mm. So this is a good question. Mm-hmm. I genuinely feel like if there were more queer heroes then we can have all the queer villains. It just needs to be Mm -hmm, more balanced mm -hmm. because you're right. It is fun. A queer playing a villain, queer or not so dope. So fun.
0: So, so I mean, amazing. So fun. (laughs) I would
1: love to, I mean, I guess I technically kind of have in the movie Sound of violence. It's so fun to be a queer (laughs) villain. We just need more queer heroes to balance it out. And then it won't feel so then it won't feel weird. It'll just be like, Oh, they happen Mm -hmm. to be queer. They happen to be the killer. Oh, they happen to be queer. They Mm -hmm. happen to be the hero. Who
0: cares? It feels so rude to me that there has to, like, that there's, that this... Choice has kind of emerged as like a do, would you do you want to be the monster and do you want the power of the monstrosity or do, but do you with want with that the stigma of the monstrosity when right. it's like maybe I just want to play the coolest fucking character on the screen right, exactly exactly like maybe I just want to vamp maybe like <laughs> maybe I just want to be a badass <laughs> yeah like maybe maybe playing a character who people are afraid of but who happens to be gay is just very fun agreed so I have a lot yeah. of anger around that sort of being taken from queer people in a sort of way.
1: Yeah. No, I hear that. And I, and I don't want to take it away. I think we just need to add to the options. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Now my, my, I feel like my, the the concluding question that I wanted okay. to get to with you in the, in the spirit of queer joy, um, in the spirit of, you know, resonance with character, like when, when was the, when is the last time you like watched something or like took in pop culture and you were like, oh, thank God I'm queer. Oh, like, Thank God I'm gay. Oh, <laughs> like, honestly? Here, tell me about when you experience, like, a, a character, a show, or something where you're like, oh, thank God I'm queer. <laughs> like, wouldn't have it any you other way. You know what? It
1: happens all the time. It happens constantly <laughs> Tell lately. Tell me about it. Like, okay, the last show I watched where I felt that, the new season of Queer Eye, of course. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I actually I was listening yeah. to Jonathan's, J, to JVN's podcast, having Brandi Carlisle as a guest. I listened to that in the shower mm-hmm. the other day. And that was one of those mm-hmm. moments because Brandy Carlisle, Pacific Northwest, of course. I went to her concerts yes. as a kid. And she had this moment. They asked her, when you were young, did you always know that you would grow up to be Brandy Carlisle? And she right. said, yes, I did. I did know that. (laughs) And that made me so happy because Oprah says that. um, Mm -hmm. And I'm starting to say that like none of this is a surprise. And we're supposed to be surprised as a woman. Mm -hmm, I'm supposed mm -hmm. to, oh, my God, I've been invited to the party as a black woman. (gasps) You want me in your movie as a queer black woman? Wow. I can't believe I've been invited to. (laughs) No, of course I have. Because I've been working my (laughs) ass off and I have a clear point of view. And. I am not surprised this was always the plan. And so hearing Brandy Carlisle say that, or hearing someone like mm-hmm. Oprah, who's not gay, but is my idol in so many ways, stand in their right. power and own that shit and own mm-hmm. that they know they're badass and excellent makes me feel so good. And so that was the last moment. That was like two days ago in the shower. Brandy said that she's talking to JVN and I went, <laughs> yes, I'm in that same club. I'm so happy I'm queer. <laughs>
0: Maybe I'll get to interview them on my podcast someday. <laughs> On As we part, uh, is there anything you would like to direct people to in the immediate? Um, obviously, you have very famous pieces of film and television out <laughs> in the world, very immediately and recently. Um, but, like, maybe the homo schedule, anything else? Maybe the music? What do you got? Yes.
1: Well, the homo schedule, we have, I believe, three more episodes dropping every Monday. Mm-hmm. Check out my latest music video, Orange Wine. And, you know...
0: It, like the song, very sexy. Very, oh, very sexy. Very proud of that Well video. done to you and Violet Thank Beane. you.
1: And Ali Schultz, our amazing DP. And yeah, just watch my Instagram to see what's coming next, but it's it's an exciting time.
0: Oh, and you and you do you do the homo schedule with, with the l- Liv yes, Houston. With the one and only. It was so fun to watch the surrounding fandom of yellow jackets crop up mm-hmm. of just like suddenly I became very aware of how many people are obsessed with mm-hmm. Liv Houston. There's a lot of and them. They were like, Oh my god, the Liv Houston show. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> yup, amazing. People love And you know what's funny? When I asked Liv to
1: co host with me we did not know that our characters would fall in love and would be a couple. We had no idea. So we were recording season that. one of The Homo Schedule as we were <laughs> shooting season one of Yellow Jackets at the same time. We would shoot mm-hmm, during mm-hmm. the week, record episodes on the weekend. And as time goes on, we went, oh, this is hilarious. <laughs> the
0: fans are going to die. Truly. <laughs> you just gave the shippers ever You gave the shippers their whole lives. Oh, yeah. Lives. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jasmine, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Thank you. It was a pleasure. I have have been so hoping this would work out and it did and it feels like a real little gay gift.
1: It does. I'm
0: so happy we got to do this. You're in LA, right?
1: (laughs) I am in LA, yes. But I'm sure I'll see you at gay ass or something which I've never been to, by the way.
0: I hope that's where our path is crossed. That feels like it would (laughs) be a fated alignment. (laughs) Agreed. Okay, I feel confident saying that was an actual dream come true to talk to jasmine savoy brown woman of the moment can't wait for for more yellow jackets and more scream Uh, if you're not already obsessed with her watch and listen to any or, or all of her many projects including that music we touched on earlier it's actually really good and i think you'll really enjoy it if you're a person with taste get out there there's plenty to find as promised though one quick thing before I go today, friends, a trailer dropped very recently, just just a few days ago, for the movie Deep Water. This is a movie that you're like, why, do, why would I care about this? Like, I haven't seen this. A lot happens on the internet. But because of Deep Water, we got one of the most essential celebrity storylines of the pandemic lockdowns. Deep Water is the movie that gave us banana. This is the movie that gave us the lockdown romance of Ben Affleck and Anna Armas and so many walks through tree-lined streets of Los Angeles holding Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee. I didn't know anything about what this movie's gonna be about. It was like, oh, okay, onset romance, it's lockdowns, you end up with an attractive person in the same place. I have many compelling reasons to have a to ha- have a pandemic romance, I'm sure. Um, but then this trailer came out, again, hadn't read a thing. and this, this trailer features an off-screen hand job, and two people looking each other in the eyes and talking about how fucked up they are. And then you got that, you got that title card in the middle of the trailer. It says like, from the director of Fatal Attraction and nine and a half weeks in and indecent proposal, this is Adrian line, You, you look at that and you look at Anna Diarmas being like, every man gets bored of me, but you love me and you're going to stay, right? I'm a messed up person while giving him the aforementioned handjob. I hope every one of you who saw that, and it should be more by the time this segment is over. I expect you to be looking this up. Everybody better have watched that and been like, this movie better be a high speed train wreck. This movie better be tasteless. This movie better be shameless. We know that Anya Armas is coming up in a biopic of Marilyn Monroe that the director has been out there for almost like defensively stumping about proactively being like this is going to be the NC17 story of Marilyn Monroe's life. If you like if you want the girl next door, go find the girl next door. That's not my fucking movie. He's like confrontationally telling us this movie's going to be the no holds barred NC17 story of Marilyn Monroe's life, which I don't know if I need that, but okay, I support Anna. I'm going to watch her. But like, so we know, we know Anna's going to leave it all on the, all on the field. And she's in an erotic thriller from the director of Fatal Attraction, starring the guy who she had a pandemic romance with, who happened, that guy happens to be celebrity drama magnet Ben Affleck. The only way this movie could let me down is if it's like, if it's like really good like i i hope this movie is just an absolute nightmare like I, I i we we could be if we're if we are blessed we could be on the precipice of a new dawn of the erotic thriller it's almost too exciting to say out loud i feel like i'm gonna curse it we got the voyeurs last year incredibly salacious and i am i've been i've been um blessed by the director by being able to tell you that it is a trash bonanza. And and I want exactly the same thing for Water, And I want us to fulfill what Amazon once promised us years ago when Nicole Kidman signed a production deal with them when she said she wants to make sexy date night movies. I don't know what happened to all those sexy date night movies Nicole Kidman was going to produce for Amazon. We are still in a time where... When we are we are parched, we're crawling through the desert of cinema, grasping at droplets of erotic thriller hydration. Can this be the time? Is this the dawn of a new age? Is Deep Water the herald? I hope so. So yeah, that's that's my one quick thing. It's pretty localized today, but I am so I rewatched the Stepford Wives from 2004 recently, and I gotta go with Nicole Kidman on this one. When I just gotta say i am so passionate i am so guts and glory excited for the trailer for deep water um i hope i hope you go out there and chase it down i hope you write your senators um because they don't have anything else going on and tell them that we need more erotic thrillers i hope you write your local studio executive and tell them the same thing so yeah let's all embrace the hopeful insanity of the movie deep water in the meantime for today that is our show you can follow us on Twitter at FeelingScenePod or join our Facebook group at www.facebook.com slash groups slash FeelingScenePod. And you can also send us an email at maximumfun.org. If you want to follow me, I'm Jorkru on Twitter. Our theme music is by Andrew Epen. The show is produced by Marissa Flaxbart. Our senior producers are Kevin Ferguson and Laura Swisher. And this is a production of Maximum Fun.